0: Hey, neighbor, this is Merrill Hodge. ST Bank is a community bank that truly cares about people.
1: Whether you're a brand new customer or your family has been with ST Bank since its start in 1902, the team is ready to exceed your banking expectations. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Learn how ST Bank supports its neighbors at stbank.com today. Member FDIC.
2: Hi,
0: I'm Elmo. Apparently. And you're listening to You're My Best Friend. This is getting really spiritual. You're my best friend. With two of my best friends, Maxie. Yeah. So we're we're not gonna kiss then. <laughs> Let me
2: tell you this: dropping a taco is a national emergency.
0: You, I'm cutting you off. You're listening to You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, friendship, and tacos. Here are your hosts, the industrious Moxie Ann and the musing Ruben J.
2: Welcome to You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, friendship, and tacos. My name is Ruben J.
0: And I'm Moxie Ann.
2: Why with the British
0: why with the friendship?
2: Because friendship is much more fun than moxie on.
0: Uh, but that's that's for you to say.
2: That is for me to say.
0: It is, and I, it's for me to disagree with.
2: And I did say it multiple
0: times. You did, unfortunately.
2: Anyway, so this week's episode is uh, we're we're brought to you. We have a sponsor today, moxie. I'm super we excited do. for this. Yes. We are sponsoring our own damn podcast. <laughs> um, if you head over to com, we have a new t-shirt up right now that says, I went into quarantine and all I got was this lousy t-shirt available in three different colors. And uh, Moxie, what are, what are we doing with the proceeds of these t-shirts?
0: So the proceeds of these t-shirts are actually going to a really cool cause. Um, we have, and if you checked out our social media this past week, um you will have seen this come out we actually started something called the best friend Fund. Woohoo! Woohoo!
2: i don't know why i did that
0: not only because these are really tough times but to help out some of our friends who are making music and struggling in this era of covid 19 uh which is i guess you know 2020 is just a weird time as is so why not um Every shirt we sell, we're going to put $5 into the best friend fund, and that's going to go to an artist who really needs support. Um, please buy a shirt help <laughs> feed starving artists because we are starving ramen can only go so far
2: yes uh and just fyi like the, we only make like six dollars a t-shirt and profit off through our, through our merchant so majority of the profit that's going is going straight to the fund straight to help different artists out um so and if you are an artist and you are in need of some support you know reach out to us and we will do our best to, to add you to the list of people that we're supporting um we will be making that public pretty soon as to who who Exactly, will be getting what uh, eventually at some point in time. Um, but uh, yeah, so head over to the bestfriendshow.com. Uh, click on the it's right now, the, the there's three different colors it's black, purple, and red. Um, all of Moxie's favorite colors and mine, uh, all in different t shirts. So mm-hmm. head over, it's only 19 bucks, you know, it's not a huge, huge investment, and you're helping out. Um, you know, you're helping out some people in need. And if you, you know, if maybe you don't have 19 bucks laying around, but you said, oh, I still want to help head over to the best forward slash fund, uh, where you can donate directly to the best friend fund. And, um, those, that money goes to, you know, the fund as well to help starving artists. Cause a lot of our friends, seriously, if you, if you've been paying attention to the news, especially out here in California, um, a lot of our friends are not gonna be able to make money, uh, playing shows anytime soon. um, it's, it's going to be interesting to to see how everything plays out for the next couple of weeks. So if you feel like you want to help out, shop.thebestfriendshow.com or The Best friend Show forward slash fund um, and help, you know, help the podcast out and also help out uh, some musicians who are currently starving because they can't make any money.
0: Do it, please. We uh, honestly like I have so many friends who make their music living they sorry they make their living <laughs> with music ah they make their music living i have some who make it dead so you know Yikes. Uh, <laughs> no but i have so many friends who make a living um completely from music and the music industry in california as we know it has shut down currently oh, yeah. um this has been a rough year for musicians in california already this year with ab5 being pushed out and i don't even want to begin to talk about that but like we were hit hard as it was too many musicians didn't have the opportunities or ability to actually like bring in income for the first two or three months of the year. And then we got hit with this and now it's just completely cut off. So yeah, like just
2: FYI, it's not just musicians, it's also comedians and you know, yeah. um,
0: Enter- people in the entertainment yeah, entertainers
2: industry in general. I mean, the entertainment business has been completely shut down as of right now. Uh, although the yeah. good thing is, is when the entertainment industry does reopen, a lot of people who are working TV, uh, will be bombarded with work um, but you know when that reopens we don't know um, we'll and see so, yeah and so and if you know if, if, if the governor is correct and getting what he wants uh, we won't see concerts or or plays or stuff like that until there's a vaccine which could take another year and a half um, so hopefully hopefully we get this uh, you know and if we're able to buy somebody a burrito You know, like that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do is be able to help somebody put some food on the table, pay a bill, you know, not stress as much. So help us out. Help us help us help the world.
0: Help us help everyone. (laughs) Help us
2: be socialists.
0: (laughs) Yes. I don't think that works. I don't think
2: that's what I meant. I don't
0: I don't think that you're supposed to help people be socialists. I feel like socialism isn't never mind well, let's
2: not get into that let's let's just, yeah. just buy a t-shirt or give us some money so we can give to other people um that's a great way to put that isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah um
2: today's episode which, fyi it's gonna be a long one um it's probably gonna go over the hour mark uh but it is totally worth it moxie it's
0: 100 percent worth it
2: um this is one where i think moxie like barely spoke if, yeah. if at all
0: yeah, I think I think uh well honestly to be fair Ruben didn't speak very much either.
2: Yeah, well that's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um we had uh you know we like to have pastors on the show uh, occasionally in this season we've how many did we have three?
0: I feel like we had three this season because we had Mike and Marie.
2: Well, that's one episode though. Maybe two. Um but yeah Mike and Marie comes from uh Solid Ground Brethren Church.
0: What is up with you today?
2: Well, if you remember, that's what I said to them, too, back then.
0: Yeah, it's brethren in Christ. Brethren.
2: Brethren. brethren. Okay, calm down. down. (laughs) Brethren in church, Christ Jesus. (laughs) All right, so this week's guest, Moxie, is a special person. Um, He is special. This story is is an incredible story. Uh, He is the senior pastor of Living Way Church in Maywood, California. His name is... Andres Huertes.
0: Andres Huertes.
2: Yes. Uh, Andres, uh, great guy. Uh, If you ever get the chance to meet him, uh, which I don't know how a lot of people would get to meet him unless they go to his church. Uh, He has face tattoos. Uh, He lived the gang life. He was one of the top uh, gangsters in the area. Uh, Super. This is a great story. Like, honestly, you guys are going to enjoy it. It's a long one. But it's gonna be commercial free after this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys will enjoy. it. I, I, I truly think that you guys are enjoy it, and you should. Uh, you should just listen to it right now because you're already no, listening you to the podcast.
0: Should listen all the, listen all the way through. Despite my lack of talking, um, don't let that dissuade you. Or Ruben's lack of talking. Don't let that this actually that might encourage you. But. Hey. Um, Listen all the way through. And I want to drop a disclaimer in here. We actually didn't do our three signature questions this week. Um, Ruben, do you want to tell them why?
2: Yeah, well, mainly because as we were like in the middle of this interview, I looked at I messaged Moxie and I'm like, I don't think it's appropriate for us to ask stupid questions. Um, I mean, yeah, no. the, the, the signature questions are great for us. It, it, you know, it helps the show kind of be a little bit lighthearted, but when The conversation was so intense and so, I mean, this is an unbelievable story. Yeah. Um, It really felt like it would be an injustice for us to ask what your favorite taco was uh, and if you're allowed to have more than one best friend. Um, So I think we asked him. Which I'm
0: sure he believes we can, but. No, no, I'm sure
2: sure a man of God uh, would say that you're not allowed to have more than one best friend. Um,
0: are you saying that I'm not a man of God? I
2: am saying that you are not a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just jump right into this. This is a long one. We're not going to waste any more of your time. Um, but of course, uh, before we throw it a commercial break, head over to shop.thebestfriendshow.com, buy a t shirt, feed a starving artist.
0: Do it. Do it now.
2: And when we come back, Andres Huertes. Come on.
0: We'll <laughs> back.
2: All right, Moxie, This is going to be a fun one.
0: I am so excited for this one.
2: This this uh, this next guest. So we we're, this season we're doing a lot. Of, we're doing I think three pastors on this season.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, is this a Christian
0: podcast now?
2: It's not a Christian podcast, but we're two Christians doing a podcast. So I think indirectly, it's a Christian podcast, right?
0: <laughs> the Lord has made His way in, <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: Uh, which hey, you know what? Hey, more more power to Him. But uh, this is going to be exciting. This guy has Wait, an he's incredible, s-
0: all powerful. What,
2: what sorry. happened?
0: He said more power to him and he's, he's all, already yeah. all power. Yeah. Never mind. I'm dumb. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> and more power to us, maybe? <laughs> uh, anyway, this guy has an incredible story. Uh, and, and realistically, what I hope happens here is uh, that he just tells us tells us a story and we ask him some questions and, you know, try to get the signature questions into it. So I don't – It's uh, last name's Huerta, right? Yes. All right, perfect. I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want get to it, get it wrong. So senior pastor yes. of Living Way Church in Maywood, California – Please welcome Pastor Andres Huerta. Yes. Right. Did I say the <laughs> first name right? You got it right. Let me say it the right way. Andres, Andres. Huerta. Andres Huerta. <laughs> See, I'm Mexican though, and I I'm should I'm not even going to
0: try to say that.
2: Please, please do. Please do.
0: Andres Huerta. Andres not Huerta. Not bad for a Thank you. Uh, not bad for a white girl. <laughs>
2: yeah. So can I just say the, the first
1: things first?
2: Yeah. I want to I ask you this. Yeah. You have face tattoos.
1: Yes. Do you want to tell us the stories behind them? Yeah, you know, I mean, the purpose of the face tattoos were to kind of represent the gang that I used to belong to. So, um, you know, in a sense, to show uh, just total rebellion towards society and um, that this is the gang uh, that I worshipped. This is the gang that I was living for. And obviously, you know, I uh, I was willing to die for it, so... Um, that's why I, I did that on my face, you know, and at the same time I was on the run, you know, I was, um, uh, I was hiding from the police uh, behind uh, some, you know, criminal um, uh, cases. And so I kind of, I kind of knew that when I got arrested, I was never going to get out again. So it really didn't matter. I was, uh, you know, on that road of, you know. No hope. It doesn't really matter what happens to me, you know, because once I get caught, I'm not gonna get out of prison anymore. So, uh, not only my face, but my entire head is tattooed. My hair is long now, but uh, both of the both sides of my head and and my entire back, I have letters uh, that represent the gang that I used to be from. That's crazy. So, so you had the mentality of not
2: not if I got caught, but when I got caught.
1: When I got caught, you know, it's it's common sense, man. You know that uh, how, how long can you go running? You know, uh, my crimes were serious. They're not, you know, I was on the run for some type of uh, a stolen vehicle or something like that. We're talking about two attempted murders and five murders. Um, So it's, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, I figured it's it's a matter of time before uh, I get caught or the cops kill me or I get into some type of shootout with somebody else. and, And because that was my life, you know, that was my it's been my entire
2: life. Man, we're starting out hot in this one. We really are. I mean, we're just jumping right into this. Yeah, so, love this. So, are, are, are all your all those legal issues, I'm, I'm assuming are have been settled and taken care of. Oh yeah. So, like, you have nothing <laughs> nothing to worry about at this point as far as legal goes.
1: I, I don't. The only issue with um, murder cases is that if something comes up in the future, um, I can be taken in.
2: Oh dang, man! Yeah.
1: But I was I, they, they they rejected my cases. I got out. And all this is by the grace of God, but, um, you know, attempt murder cases or murder cases that usually don't close, um, if say, for some you know, reason, something comes up in the future, yeah. um, then, you know,
2: so, so hypothetically speaking, if right now, and I can edit this part out too. So right now, if I asked you, if you did it and you said, yes, you know, they could come and arrest you right now for it Yeah, because you weren't tried for it. They just rejected it. Right. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane.
1: Yeah, but I won't say yes because I didn't do it. There you go. Amen <laughs> to that
2: one. Amen to that one. Uh, I, I'm so happy that, that, that you're, you're here, both physically in person and also, you know, here as a not in jail as well because yeah. I, think, I think your story is incredible. So you were a you were part of it. what I, My understanding is you were part of one of, like, the most, like, feared gangs in L.A. In the
1: area. In, the, in that area. In that area, yeah. The city of Maywood's a small city. Really it's only yeah. about a mile, uh, point something, uh, you know, square footage and... Um, but it, it's, it was uh, not only in Maywood. You got you have Maywood, Southgate, Bell, Cudahy, Huntington Park, uh, Compton. You know we were in all those areas some way somehow. Um, the, the gang was feared. It was uh, notorious, a uh, violent street gang. Um, yeah, you know, and and, and I became um, the city's most uh, wanted for a time. Oh, wow. um, behind my gang activity and uh, organized crime type of thing you know so um and how many times were you arrested um i started going to juvenile hall when i was 11 years old hang. so i was kind of in and out I, I don't really remember how many times but I, i've been uh, in and out um about six times um i, I went in and did about a, Couple of weeks, I think, or something like that, then got out, went back to some months, got out, went back, did like six months, and then kind of got out and then went back. And I did, and uh, why in the California Youth Authority Did seven years wow. got out, then went back and got out again, um, and then went back. And the last time I went back, when it was when I was looking at these cases, you know,
2: so. that's that's crazy. So then, obviously, now you're, you're now you're a senior pastor of a church. I am. <laughs> how did you? How did you find the Lord in that situation? Because part of me thinks, oh, it's easy to to find the Lord when you're in jail because yeah, you know, you probably it's probably easy to make that deal with the Lord, like get me out and I'll worship you forever, you know, and then maybe not even follow to, it to but-
1: some degree. Um, it, it's really hard to give your life to Jesus in there, um, because you have a lot of pressure. Remember, you're yeah. amongst a bunch of criminals and violent individuals that. They're living for their, you know, for their name, for their reputation, for the street gang or for the gang inside uh, the prison system. And so um, it's it's not an easy thing to kind of surrender your life to Christ. And there's many people do it. And, and um, you know, the Lord gives them strength in there. Uh, it is a place that God will use for people to reflect. But um, for the most part, there is. Be, before I became a Christian when I was in Hawaii, there was a guy that. Started saying he was gonna he was he was gonna to go to church and he was gonna be Christian, and we ended up doing some harm to him behind his profession, you know, and behind his change, um, because you know we we take it as you're betrayed, you know, the gang system in here and the politics in here, and so you, we kind of see guys like that as you know what well, you're no good no more, and so if we have a chance to do some harm, uh, not everywhere and not everybody, um, but I did get my share in doing that you know with some guys in there that would kind of say well i just want a program i want to go home i'm a christian now and so to us we kind of didn't really like that we saw that as weakness um so yeah i gave my life to the lord in there um tell, tell me about it like so like, what happened was yeah. i you know i finally got arrested after being on the run for a couple of years um i wasn't arrested by the pd i was arrested by the u.s marshals uh government issue right and um um, yeah, they finally caught me and and I ended up, you know, going uh, into L.A. County and then from the L.A. County to uh, Westside, which is Supermax over in the city of Valencia. And um, so I went from the L.A. County, from the county to Westside, and then they brought me back from Westside to uh, to the county, uh, the, the Twin Towers. And in, in, in that time, I was, you know, getting myself in trouble. I was fighting. I was trying to, you know, raise my hand to... Do whatever needed to be done in there. Uh, you know, and so when I came back to the twin towers from Westside, I I was it was in a cell and I was I was um in there by myself and I started thinking about God. Um, my mother always told me, pray, you know, ask God to forgive you, God can help you, God can change you. So I started having thoughts about God in that cell by myself. And so you know, having these thoughts and, and then trying to, you know, battle within my mind, you know, why am I thinking of my God? Why would I even ask God for help after i had been this individual? You know, so I was trying to fight these these thoughts. and, But I started having these thoughts. And so then um, I couldn't bear it no more, so I prayed. I prayed, and in that moment that I started praying, you know, I started feeling this heavy conviction of, sin, um, that I've done wrong before God, and that um, I started having this heavy, you know, just heavy conviction that I I was a wicked individual and that something was definitely wrong with me, and that I had offended God and I had sinned against an all-holy God, and I was so sorry for it. Um, As I started praying, asking God to forgive me, I didn't ask God to get me out. Um, I was asking God to forgive me for my sin. To forgive me for the past and the, the life that I've lived, and I said, if you can forgive me for that, and if you can change me inwardly, because I, you know, um, you know, after living a life like that, you have your conscious kind of, you know, uh, bring some sort of psychological problems and and um, you know condemnation, and there's really no, uh, I didn't really have a desire to live anymore, and and really no hope type of thing. And so it was a very, you know, emotional and heavy moment for me. So I remember just, I was weeping, crying. And um, after, you know, some minutes, you know, I just, you know, started sensing a sense of hope, you know, and a sense of relief, you know. Um, And then, you know, God made himself known to me in that cell. And um, how that works, I don't know, but God is sovereign. (laughs) And I know he was there touching my heart. And um, so I surrendered to him there, you know, I just, it was just me by myself inside that cell. And obviously now I know it was a work of God's Holy Spirit tugging at my heart. Um, I remember just weeping and crying and it was in a sense of cleansing that God would forgive such a sinner like myself and such a person that would live such a horrendous life, you know, a, a life of some wild beast and some type of, you know, uncontrolled, untamed animal. And, um, that's how I felt, you know, but then I felt the you know, just the, um, uh, the, um, hope, you know, behind God's forgiveness, you know? Um, so I, I remember just receiving that from the Lord and, and, and kind of weeping and then kind of like. Rejoicing, you know, um, type of thing, and then I kind of sat on, sat up, and and because I was on my knees, and you know, I was just broken, you know, in that moment, and so I sat on my bunk, and you know, just kind of contemplating, and and then obviously, it's like, what am I gonna do now? What am I gonna do now? You know, my neighbors, my, my, you know, the cell to my right was looking at life or the death penalty. And the other guy was looking, the other guy to my left, also the same thing, looking at life and everyone else on that pod, looking at life in prison. And I'm running the show, you know, at that moment I was, uh, you know, the the, the right hand man to the main guy that was running that tower. Um, So it's kind of like, man, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell these guys? And so after some hours of contemplating and thinking, I remember asking the Lord, seriously, what am I going to do, Lord? What would I do, God? How do I tell these men that, that I surrendered my life to you and that I want to serve you now? And and so um, I remember kind of just the Lord bringing this thought to my mind or, or whether it was his voice, but this was a thought that God brought, and it was like, just like you served, your gang, you're going to serve me in this place.
2: Wow.
1: And I said, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. You know, I, I I was willing to die for my gang. I was willing to risk my life, everything I had. Um, because at that time that I was still gangbanging and involved with gang activity, I was with my girlfriend, uh, who is my wife now, Sylvia, or sister Sylvia. And I had two kids. Um, so I was willing to give everything up, you know, my life, my family, you know, for this street gang. And so I understood what that meant when, that, when God brought that thought, you know, to, to mind and, um, and it's in Romans chapter 6, you know, where it says, you know, just like you made yourself available for unrighteousness, you know, how much more now for the righteousness of God. So I understood that. And so I, I, and when they gave me my little time to go out and walk the pot, I went to every cell and I told every man there that I had given my life to Christ and given my life to Jesus. And I no longer wanted to be a part of these politics, no longer wanted to be a part of this activity in here but I was going to serve the Lord. And I preached the gospel to them. I said, this is not what God created us for, you know, and God can forgive us. If we can turn away from this lifestyle of organized crime and of gang activity and of drug dealing and of murderous acts and all this violence we've done, God can forgive us. Even if he doesn't get us out, you know, we're worthy of this punishment, but God can forgive us. We're going to die one day and stand before an almighty, all powerful, sovereign God. And I was preaching like that, you know, and, um, a lot of guys sometimes behind that change, you know, they would ask the officers for protective custody. And, you know, it's understandable that, you know, your life is could be in danger behind you changing. Uh, the guys in there sometimes don't take that very lightly. Some of those guys are very serious to their, uh, you know, to their politics and to their street gangs. And, um, you know, so some guys, you know, would ask for protective custody, get out of the system and go to a place where they're going to be safe. And, um, you know, I said to the Lord behind what he told me, I'm not leaving this place. I'm not going to ask the officers for protective custody because you've spoken to me. I'm going to trust you. So I stood the main line the whole time that I was in there fighting these cases, preaching the gospel, sharing Jesus with all these hardcore dudes. And God gave me favor. God gave me grace. And um, I was in there for about seven months. You know, um, sharing the gospel, not the whole seven months, because it was three months that I was in there. Then I had an encounter with God. And then for the last four months, you know, I was just preaching and, um, sharing the word and, you know, until I got released, you know? Wow. So,
2: you know, I don't know if it's appropriate to jump into the three questions right now. Do you want to save them to the end? I think that's... We
0: could do number two.
2: I I still think we should just save them all to the end. It's such a powerful story. So let's transition. Now you're out, um and And you're so for the record, if anyone no one's ever i don't know if anyone's ever been who's listening to this has ever been to Maywood, I went to Maywood and it's one of those places where you probably don't want to be praying with your eyes closed if you're outside the <laughs> gate of your church yeah. <laughs> you know um it, it, it's it's one of those places where where you just drive through there and you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna lock my door right now <laughs> yeah. and put my window up, and, and you can
1: sense that there you know there's that type of activity going on there, you know,
2: yeah, I mean it's one of those cities where you you just you don't want to be walking alone at night there, and probably right. not even during the day. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very, really rough area, and in this area, there's this little. Uh, is it is it a Korean church that you guys are out of? Or?
1: No, we lease a Lutheran church. Lutheran, church. yeah, wonderful people there, uh, been very kind to us and leasing us that building. You know,
2: yeah, and it's just a small little, this is a small little building. You know that. Uh, seriously, you know, also looks like my family reunion, you know, (laughs) because there's just, you know, a bunch of people from, from, you know, past lives that probably had a hard life, you know, probably lived that world. Uh, At what point did you realize that you were called to ministry, you know, and what was that calling like? Because, because I'm sure it must have been either a wake, you know, complete call, like wake up call or. A scary call, you know, because I hear that a lot from pastors where they're like, I felt this calling on my life and I was kind of scared to do it or didn't want to do it or didn't feel like it was really my calling. Tell me about that calling for you.
1: Yeah, so I understood that when I got saved um, in that cell. That's why I went and told all these guys in there about Christ. Now, the pastoral ministry came later. um, But when I got saved, um, you know, in, in the neighborhood, you know, we use the terms... Let's put in work, which means let's go, you know, uh, either shoot somebody up or, or whatever we need to do to flag up the neighborhood, you know. So, in my mind, I understand service in, the, in terms of putting in work for the neighborhood. I'm going to put in work for Jesus now. I'm going to tell people about Christ. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach hope. I'm going to preach... Th- God's love and, and forgiveness and repentance and and even warn people about judgment. So, um, I, I I knew that moment that when the Lord had touched my heart and forgive and forgiving me of my sin, that I was going to serve Him, you know, somehow. So, um, I didn't wonder or look for any type of position, or you know, I just wanted to tell people about Christ and His mercy and His love and His forgiveness, and also warn people that one day we're going to stand before God. Simply just preaching the gospel. So um, in there, I would just went on preaching the gospel. I, I read through the whole Bible in there. Um, I got familiar with it, and, and and this is the for me just an awesome thing because I I only went to like sixth grade, so I, that's my 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 um, my, my uh, education level was a sixth grade education level, and um, I didn't really have any comprehension. I, you know, my reading was terrible. But when I read through the New Testament, and um, I was understanding what I was. The Old Testament was kind of, uh, you know, um, I understood a lot of it, um, but but I was blessed because I was understanding, you know, um, and not in, you know, in in you uh, know, in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in this you know uh, high class theological level. But I was understanding, and God was speaking mm-hmm. to me, and I was being familiar with the word, and so I was blessed by that I was receiving from God, and so whatever God was showing me, I was showing others, you know. And, um, so I, I just, you know, ever since I just been sharing the word with people. And, um, after some years, um, well, when I got out, I, I went to my mother's church for about, um, six years, I think. And, um, there I got involved with ministry. Um, so I was always doing something. They're going to schools, uh, like probation schools, uh, the Sei uh, Say school district, um, some public schools, uh, parks, um, you know, public places, Going to my old neighborhood, going even to rivals' uh, neighborhood. I'm um, having encounters in the street with people, witnessing to my family, uh, preaching the gospel, sharing the word. You know, to the um, um, and um, the pastoral ministry came um, from doing ministry at this church where my mother was at. Um, I, the pastor had allowed me to share the word there to the congregation. After some years have passed by, and um, then. The Lord had put in my heart that, you know, I I needed to go out, you know, and, and uh and so I, I prayed for about a year. And so I told the pastor, Hey, it's time for me to go. I'm gonna start a Bible study at home and see what God would, would do with this. And so, you know, we prayed and we went out and um, my wife and I and my brother, um, and like two other families, we started in my house in the city of Baal. Um, and we started the Bible study there in it just grew you know we uh, we didn't fit in my living room anymore so because we started in my living room um and we didn't fit there anymore after about three weeks and then i bought a tent and i put that tent in my yard and i pulled like 30 chairs and within a couple months that was full wow and so then i said man lord i need a place you know what do i do How, what you know i and the Lord started kind of just directing, directing us, showing us. We rented uh, the hotel conference room in the city of Bell Gardens at the Ramada. You know, and I used to dope deal out of that hotel and I used to go there and party and, you know, <laughs> full hit, the, circle. hit the casino across the street. But now I'm there, God opened up those doors. Now I'm there preaching. Wow. And so then that kind of got full, And then that's where the Lord called me to the Spanish ministry. So then we opened up a Spanish ministry because I, I teach in English and in Spanish. So, you know, and then that got, you know, um, God blessed that. And then that's how we ended up in the building uh, where you went to go visit with Mark from K-Wave. And, um,
2: and we've been
1: there now for four months. And that's how it just took place, you know. And um, but I was never looking for it, you know. And in a sense, was I concerned? Um, Yeah. I, was I terrified in a sense, you know. Just want to. Preach Jesus, you know, yeah. tell people about Christ and share the word. And so I was, you know, I was concerned. I don't want to displease the Lord, but I was excited, you know, and, um, you know, to see God do a work. And um, ever since the Lord has opened up doors, you know, to, uh, as a matter of fact, today we just finished feeding a little bit over 400 people. Wow. Uh, we have a food dispense that we've been blessed by this um, ministry called God's Pantry, the food bank. Um, they've been very kind to us in providing uh, for us food so we can serve our community, and you know we've been able to share with people there you know and um and and get people you know to open up and you know share their hearts and their struggles and what they're going through um, so God has just done a work you know you know Bible says that we make plans, but God directs our steps, and so that's where I want to be always. <laughs>
2: So there's one story that I heard. Mark gave me, like, the abbreviated version. We have about, like, eight minutes here. So I, I don't want to rush you either, but I want to I get the story down where I guess somebody from a rival gang heard that you were preaching in the area, and I guess he confronted you at the church with a gun? Oh, yeah. Can you, can you tell that story?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few stories like that. You know, I, I've been fed in, inside the church. Um, um, I've been shot at inside the church. <sighs> Um, This particular incident was some guy that was passing by and he, uh, I don't know how he heard or who told him, but um, he knew that I was his rival, you know, um, gang member. Um, But I mean, you know, I'm I'm a pastor now, serving a church, working with officers, working with our community, but in his mind is, you know, this is where you're from, you know. And so he passed by and um, I was in the front. I was in the front, and there was another sister there and, and another brother. And, you know, he pulled out his gun. He cocked it back and, he, you, know, you know, told us, his, you know, his, uh, his street gang. And, and um, we kept walking, you know. We kept walking, and so we kind of, you know, I, I called the police quick, you know. And um, called the police quick, and the cops came, but they didn't find him, you know. And so then the cops left and all that. We were still there at the church, and he comes back guy comes back walking and he comes back smoking a, a blunt of, of marijuana <laughs> and he has his gun you know and so then um some of the brothers were talking to him you know they stopped him and then i i went to go talk to him and and i said what are you what are you doing bro why, why are you why would you pull out a gun like that in church i go i'm not i'm not that guy anymore my life has changed god has changed my life and i go you know you don't do stuff like that you know i was just kind of just talking to him and i said why don't you let me pray for you bro And he goes, you know, he's kind of standing real, you know, his chest out, you know, and kind of, you know, you know, angry, you know, and so I said, let me pray for you, you know, let me pray for you, bro. And he goes, all right, you know, (laughs) and so I started praying for him and, you know, the Lord touched his heart, you know, and, um, you know, he, he put his gun away and, um, you know, he showed some respect and he goes, man, you know what? Thanks. And, um. You know, I talked to him and, you know, I kind of just told him what we're doing and what God has been doing. And He's like, man, you know, what, bro, I apologize. And, um, but you know how it is. And he's giving me his side. I said, yeah, but you know what, man, Um, this is what God's word says. And so he ended up coming to church that Sunday and having breakfast with us there at the church. We welcomed him and he stood there for service. Yeah. And um, then he kind of moved out. He kind of moved out um, with his family and uh, um, just to get away from the city. And he recently came back about three weeks ago to thank me wow um and just kind of say hi and, and and say thank you to me for that day that we prayed for him um in his moment of anger and rage you know we showed him some love and prayed for him, so do
2: you think that maybe he maybe he wanted
1: that maybe and, you know? and,
2: and maybe he didn't know how to approach it at first
1: maybe maybe he was kind of just you know testing the waters and maybe he would maybe he was seeking that. And um, yeah, wh- whatever took place, man. I'm glad that God, the Lord, touched His heart. You know, yeah. And so,
2: and did you did you ever think at any point like this is the moment where it's over for me? Or well, were you, you pretty- know,
1: this is a, this this was one of the my fears. Not that I live in this fear, but I had this fearful thought because before we leased that building, I had a dream I got shot in front of that church. Wow. So here you have, you know. This guy pulling out a gun, <laughs> this guy like, Damn. yeah, you know, um, but, you know, I wasn't going to run, you know, from him, you know, I was going to, you know, um, yeah. tell him about Christ. And if I had to die, then.
2: At least well, you died giving the gospel. So be it.
1: Yeah. I was willing to do that for a street gang, bro. You know, I was willing, yeah. you know. Uh, the best way to go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, oh, my so. gosh. I, 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 you need to come back. Yeah, (laughs) we need you back here because there's so much more that I can ask. I mean, I asked him what four questions? Yeah, and we're already out of time.
0: Yeah, we can do Uh, a
2: couple more minutes, maybe ten more minutes. Let's 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 do this. I want to get you out of here, but I want people to also see uh, a little bit more lighter side because this is this is a very heavy interview, probably the heaviest we've ever done. Yeah,
0: seriously. And I, I
2: feel goosebumps, and I feel. Encouraged and I feel like I feel like we should go preach the gospel right now somewhere. We're on a Christian campus right now, but
0: Yeah, know. everybody here already they've already heard.
2: <laughs> they've already and they already heard we should we should just keep going. So uh let's let's ask let's ask two of the
0: questions. Two of the questions, yeah. okay.
2: Uh, do you know which two I'm talking about?
0: Not the first one.
2: Yes, the first one and the second one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and we'll skip the third one.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs>
2: This is how we plan things. <laughs> right so
0: okay, so this is, this is a question coming from a white girl. <laughs> um,
2: we,
1: we call them jueras.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite taco?
1: My favorite taco, um, I, I mix two meats. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so uh, my favorite taco would be taco mixed with carne asada and cabeza. Okay, and um, my second favorite taco would be uh, uh, two other meats: uh, bu- buche mixed with chorizo. What's what's buche? I don't know where that meat comes from, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably
2: one of those ones where it's like, like, like I went down to Mexico with my church. Uh, it's a cow, years I ago, think it is maybe. And they they ordered tripa. Tripa is always my yeah. wife's favorite. Yeah, and they to- they told us we will not tell you what it is until after you guys eat it all. Yeah, you know, and so we tried it, we eat it, and they told us what it was, and I was just like. Man, I'll never eat this again. What was it? It's it's a, a pig intestine. Oh, and it's really good. It's just one of those things that once you know what it is, you just never want to like, do it again. You never yeah. want to do it again. So it's probably yeah. one of those things where you yeah. just you don't want to know what it is. Uh, and I know God, That sounds good. It's great. It's I great. tried that in Mexico as what well. It's that? really good food. Uh, yeah, what, is, what exactly? It's he? the head of the cow. Oh, the of the account. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it's really good. Well, um, tender. I'll
0: take your word for it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we should get her to have some on. We'll take her down to your church. Yeah, and we got uh, a
1: bunch of taco spots in the neighborhood right we there. Gotta, we got
2: to make sure she looks like she fits in, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be all right, man. The <laughs> so city's
1: yeah. a lot better than what it was before, believe me. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> and let's do number two.
0: All right. So uh, this does fit with what we've been talking about. Um, if you had a life quote, what would it be?
1: Follow go. Christ. That's so easy. I Just follow Jesus.
2: Amen, amen. Well, hey, if you find yourself looking for a church uh, and you happen to be in the Maywood area, uh, definitely check out Living Way. It's a, a great church, great people, man. I was there for like three or four hours, and I kid you not, every single person there came up and said hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fed us tacos, uh, which was incredible. Good tacos, on bro? Well, that's, that's
0: a reason... In, a, in, in itself. itself.
2: I don't think yeah. it's a normal thing to do there, but, <laughs> but there was, I mean, incredible people. And, and seriously, if you're in the area, uh, what's your guys' website?
1: LivingWayMaywood.com.
2: LivingWayMaywood.com. And can people give online as well?
1: They can. They can go online on our website and just, uh, there's a donation uh, link there for PayPal.
2: Yeah, awesome. If, if you feel called to, to support this ministry, you know, give a couple bucks, give a dollar, whatever it is. You know, it's all going to the Lord at the end of the day. Uh, Pastor, thank you so much. I really appreciate your God. time. And, and thank you so much for being so open and telling us your story. I mean, there's a lot in there Amen. that some people would be afraid to talk about.
1: Yeah, and, and this is just to kind of get this on record, man. It's always for the glory of God. It's truly the work of Christ and the work of his spirit in a man who was lost and living in darkness and bondage. And like the Bible says, you're dead in your sin. And uh, we cannot overcome comes in on her own so it's really the story you know of God's grace and God's goodness and God's benevolence you know upon someone who was lost and you know in bondage and living such a you know wild life um and um so yeah it's all about him you know it's 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 him and um his mercy is great his love is great all that he does is good and great and, um, I tell people, if God can change me, you can change anyone. Amen. And, uh, there is many stories out there, you know, people that have, um, gone through so many, you know, uh, things in life, whether it's violence or gangs or sicknesses or, you know, greed or pride or whatever background, you know, we have in our church, a multicultural, uh, thing taking place where we have, you know, uh, whites and, and, and uh, you know, we have, uh. Black American people, we have Hispanics, Um, uh, English speaking people, Spanish speaking people, uh, different from all kinds of different backgrounds, whether they're um, you know, broken marriages Um, you know, we have people that are wealthy that were, you know, it was just about money for them, we have people that ex-prostitutes, ex- ex, uh, uh, men that were living, you know a a, a homosexual life that the Lord has brought them out of there you know, people that were in poverty, a bunch of different brokenness, man, you know and all this is just, you know God's work, you know. Um, so we are blessed, my wife and I. I'm um, married to Sylvia. Uh, again, I'll put that on record in case I ever pass away. She is not allowed to get married again.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got four boys. Did
2: you, did you agree to that?
1: <laughs> I got four boys with her um, and uh, we're, we're blessed to be able to see, you know, God really do a work in, in the midst of us. Very, very thankful. You know, that's what we desire.
2: So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, so, I'm so blessed to, to get to know you. And uh, uh, just a real quick, I, I feel a book in the future. I feel like you have to write a book.
1: Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. it. She'll edit it for you. I've been looking for right. someone to um, come and... Um,
0: oh, uh... Ghostwrite, ghostwrite it? it. Right, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Hey, maybe that
2: might be a good cream. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll,
0: ta- we'll talk about it. Hey, uh, living,
2: livingwaymaywood.com is the place to find uh, more information about Andre's church, Living Way Church. All right, Moxie, we are back. That was our our conversation with Andres Huerta, uh, pastor of Living Way Maywood in California, Living Way Church in Maywood, California. That's what I meant to say.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Briefly, because we are way out of time. We are way over time at this point. Uh, What did you think?
0: It was an incredible interview, and I really, I, I could have sat and listened to his stories for hours. I mean, that was just an hour, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface.
2: Yeah, he he will for sure be back on the show at some point in the very near future. Um, Before we sign off for this episode, though, we do want to address next week's episode. Well, at the time of this recording, we don't know exactly who we're going to have on the show. Um, We are doing something called Life Together. And that's not just a catchphrase anymore. It is a spinoff podcast that we are doing here at You're My Best Friend.
0: Yes, and I'm so excited about this, Reuben. This was a fantastic idea. Do you want to tell them what it's all about?
2: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's called Life Together, and it's about doing life together.
0: Perfect. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. So you don't have to do anything extra. Uh, th- that episode, the next five episodes, Life Together, are all going to come into the same feed that you get these regular shows at. Basically what we're doing is we're reaching out to people who were on the show, seasons one, season two, maybe some season three people. Not sure just yet exactly. Uh, and just catching up with them. Um, I do know for a fact that we are going to have uh, a friend of the show, Kelsey Colbert, on at some point Woo! in the next five weeks. She has a new EP coming out, and I'm super excited for it. Um, and so we'll be catching up with her and figuring out what she's doing during the quarantine time as well. So um, yeah. that's what the idea of the show is, of course. Uh, again, you don't have to do anything unless unless you haven't subscribed to us already, which I don't know why you haven't. Uh, Apple thebestfriendshow.com iheartradio spotify.thebestfriendshow.com subscribe to us now and you'll get life together free for you it's free it's free that's all i'm saying it's free uh so that's that's what we're doing over the next couple of weeks because we just didn't feel it was right going into season four um yeah While we're we're under quarantine
0: so we we're doing this week's episode is episode numero 45 yes how's that yes Yes! Okay, so it's Cuarente Cinco, and I gotta say, I did not think that we would get this far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I also didn't think that we were gonna close out what would have been the season finale of season three by continuing to make episodes, by checking in on our friends and seeing how they're doing. This is not at all what I anticipated. But, I gotta say, if there's anyone who gives me the courage and the just the perseverance the sense of perseverance and the ability to move forward in these uncertain times it's my best friend Mr. Ruben J thank you Ruben for coming up with this idea for uh coming up with all of these amazing ideas and thank you to our listeners for supporting us and for listening to us uh because while we know you have nothing better to do right now we also know that there could definitely be better things that you're doing so
2: (laughs) how much do I owe you for all the nice things you just said about me
0: uh, it's okay. Bradley paid me earlier.
2: Oh, good, good. I'm so glad my <laughs> sugar daddy's taking care of me that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for the support over the last 45 episodes. 45 episodes. Oh 45 my god, episodes! that's crazy to think. Um, I know. And uh, you know, again, shop at thebestfriendshow.com. Buy a t-shirt. It's only 20 bucks. Five dollars of that uh, of our proceeds, which again, it's only. I think we're only making like six bucks per t-shirt. So you know, we're taking a dollar to help cover our light bill and the rest is going to starving artists. So, uh, super excited for that guys. We'll be back next week with a life together, probably with Kelsey Colbert, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll
2: let you know on, on, on Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, so, yes. so make sure you stay tuned to our social media. Media. Anyway, my name is
0: Ruben J and I'm Moxie Ann
2: and we are out of are season out of
0: time. Out Uh, of season?
2: Yeah, we're out of season.
0: Oh, like uh, Like, deer?
2: Kinda.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.